This is Good Morning Mumbai with Richie K. Brand new day, brand new week. And my expert Saurabh Mithal comes in to talk finance, maintaining social distancing on the phone. Hey, what's up? How was your weekend? And I hope the family and you are safe and healthy. All well, Richie. Thank you so much. Buddy, what really is ESG investing? So I reckon we should do a two-part series on this one today and one tomorrow. But first start with the definition of ESG and then continue to what the theme is all about. So basically ESG is nothing but a theme which reflects environmental, social and governance standards of a company. And it's a new theme which a lot of people have been attracted to and investments are going in. So data from research from like Morningstar Investment Wells shows that in October, global assets under management with ESG portfolios hit a high of $1.2 trillion, which is a quantum increase if you consider that it was only $530 million just five years back. So it's almost double in five years. And Bloomberg reports state that there were 17 ESG exchange traded funds rolled out in 2020 itself which is again double of what was rolled out in 2019. So in 2019, 10 new funds were launched and in 2020, there were 20 new funds which were launched. So this launch makes October the best ever month since 2013. ESG investing means getting into companies that come with clean management, manage their social responsibilities as well. And for instance, they maintain gender diversity and do not pollute the environment. That's very well explained. Uh, The logical question is, are there enough ESG compliant companies in our country, in India, Saurabh? So just to give you a background, one the popular index in India is Nifty 50 and then there is Nifty 100 which comprises of top 100 companies so the Nifty 100 index has 100 companies but the NSE 100 ESG index which is another index which is a subset of Nifty 100 index consists of only 88 companies so the lack of depth in the market for ESG friendly companies is also mirrored by India's low rank in environmental performance index and at present, India ranks 168 out of 180 countries in the ranking released in June this year. The, another issue is that absence of common set of ESG guidelines. So at present, any regulator has not laid out any framework or a minimum threshold that companies must to be qualified as an ESG compliant company. Different fund houses or investors are free to develop their own internal guidelines to identify ESG compliant companies. And guidelines will prevent to what is referred to as greenwashing, which is nothing but conveying the false information that a company's environment Ah, green washing. I'll hang on to that technology. <laughs> so, what's your recommendation then? So, ESG investing has been picking up in developed economies much faster than it is in India. Soon, we'll have more guidelines that reflect the opportunities of investment under this thing. Probably, we are getting waiting to get there. Let's see how it pans out. And we're waiting to get your quotable quote for the day, my friend. What is it? So, it's a quote from Irobu Koeken. It says, when money realizes that it's in good hands, it wants to stay and multiply in those hands. Ah, <laughs> true that. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to invest, you want some financial advice from you, where can we reach you, Saurabh? So you can put a mail to me, my ID Saurabh at cwa.co.in. I'm also on Twitter, my handle is Saurabh S. Mittal. Let's speak tomorrow. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. This is Good Morning Mumbai with Rishi K. Tunesy Tuesday edition of uh, Talking Finance with Saurabh Mithal, my expert, who comes in diligently Monday through Friday. Hey, how are you, my friend? I hope all's well and your colleagues and you are all safe and healthy. All well, thank you so much. Saurabh, we started talking about ESG investing, which basically means company getting uh, into companies that come with clean management and manage their social responsibilities as well, uh, maintain gender diversity. So, environmental, social and governance standards, ESG. But what we didn't cover yesterday was whether ESG is just a pass 
passing fad or does it even have a remotely promising future sort of so that's exactly what we want to actually discuss given the background what we discussed yesterday so you know typically small investors and most distributors of financial advisors focus on one thing which we are investing for which is returns but you know fund houses believe that investors would eventually demand for their money to be invested in companies that meet the certain standards of corporate responsibility and social governance foreign institutional investors and high net individuals are pushing local advisors and fund managers to integrate ESG scores into their investing matrix and recent trend shows that investors are demanding accountability not just on companies profits but practices on governance and social issues too okay so that's clear so let's do the india story you did say yesterday that numbers are not very high and i imagine there is a long road ahead as far as esg investing is concerned let's cover that that's perfectly true india has a long road ahead in sustainable investing given the host of mid and small size companies that may find it challenging to comply with such norms so we believe that the indian mf industry is moving in that direction companies that have low esg scores could lose lose prominence or importance in the investment horizons even if they generate higher profits that's to be seen whether it turns out to be true or not but such companies stand the risk of losing capital flows especially from foreign institutional investors where compliance will determine even the cost of capital of these companies so the combined asset under management of existing esg fund in india is just 810 crores at the moment and india's trust with esg fund has just started this pales in comparison with the corpus that esg fund is managed in abroad so just to give you a perspective against this 810 crores which is managed in india in foreign countries we have about 3500 fund which manage 1.24 trillion dollars <laughs> it's really earth and sky there buddy so your recommendation would be so indian markets are gaining their ground towards such opportunities soon we'll see more institutions offering esg compliant investment products the challenge will be to measure the returns with other themes as this theme is more about belief system of an investor than money and we'll see whether the investors are really happy to compromise on returns to get these standards in their investments fair enough okay let's have your quotable quote for the day so it's a great quote from warren buffett says opportunities come infrequently when it rains gold put out a bucket and not the thimble <laughs> yes <laughs> totally be you know wait for the opportune moment and then just strike buddy if you want to reach out to you for financial advice or if you want to invest where can we reach out sarab please put a mail to me my id sarab@cwa.co.in i'm also on twitter my handle is sarab s mittal let's speak tomorrow bye 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 To get rid of the midweek financial blues, here he is, Saurabh Mittal, my finance expert, who comes in Monday through Friday, maintaining social distancing on the phone. Hey, Saurabh, all well? All well, Rishi. Anybody who's taken medical insurance or unfortunately has had to go into hospital hears the term network hospital. I thought we'd do that today. The importance of network hospitals in health insurance. What really is a network hospital, Saurabh? So you have to understand that when you've taken a health insurance policy, you will be paid the claim for any kind of treatment that you get in any kind of hospital whether that hospital is under the network of the insurance company or not but what is a network hospital is that the only difference is that in those network hospitals you will be able to get a cashless claim so if it is a non network hospital you have to pay the bills and then reimburse the claim but if it is a network hospital that only means that this insurance company is working with those hospitals and there is a tpa counter which has been set up in this hospital and then you will be able to avail a cashless claim facility where you don't have to pay any money from your pocket and insurance companies will directly pay to the hospital their bills as they are in their network okay that's understood now actually making that cashless claim in a network hospital is the procedure very complicated or is it easy take us through that So there is a lot that goes behind the scene but as far as in claimant is considered or the insurance company is considered you have to understand that there are four parties which are involved into this particular process so one 
obviously one the claimant itself the hospital then there is an insurance company and there is something which is called as a tpa which is a third party administrator who handles the process of all these claims fortunately there are a lot of insurance companies who have their own in-house tpa and then you don't have to worry about the fourth party intervening and everything happens between insurance company and the hospital itself as far as the claimant is concerned he just has to go to the hospital whether it is a planned hospitalization or an unplanned hospitalization talk to the person on the tpa counter or the insurance counter and submit the required documents and behind the scene the tpa and the insurance company works with the hospital and make sure the claim is passed the only drawback is that the final claim is settled only on the day of discharge that means it might take anywhere between half an hour to even 4 hours for the final claim to be settled before you actually get a discharge and so the claimant has to bear this small inconvenience of waiting till the final approval is received from the insurance company well uh, patience is a virtue that we need at that stage you and i both know that we've all been in situations like that uh, so your recommendation would be sorab so you know people are in hurry to buy insurance companies we feel that a lot of time you know they just don't want to get into fine print and um, if people even buy insurance just for you know filing income tax purposes or just to get a tax benefit and then who understand these uh, terms and what network hospitals are generally you would want to get treated in a hospital which is your preferred hospital in a preferred doctor so it's important to know whether the hospital that is your preferred uh, destination is in network with your insurance company or not we request everyone to spend at least 5 to 10 minutes on this point while reviewing the insurance uh, policies uh, in detail every year That's very very valid advice. Let's have your quotable quote for the day. So it's a quote from Francis Oweish. He says the hospital should also have a recovery room adjoining the cashier's office. <laughs> <laughs> so one is the patient and one is the patient's relative or friend or colleague who runs around making the payment and he or she would need a recovery room. That's a wonderful one. But let's speak tomorrow but before you go where can we reach you if we want some tips on finance or we want to uh, to invest? You can put a mail to me. My ID is saurab at cwa dot co dot in. I'm also on Twitter. My handle is saurab s mittal. Bye. Bye. Thrilling Thursday edition of Talking Finance with the very wise, the very pragmatic, and the very practical saurab mittal, my finance expert. Hey, good morning, saurab. How are you? Good morning, you all. Well, thank you so much. In light of what we talked about yesterday, the importance of network hospitals in health insurance, I thought we'd get into the intricate details of some insurance terms. When you read that policy document, there are always terms that flummox you, and you know you want to to decipher those terms. So, five insurance terms that everybody who's listening should know. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I understand that the language in insurance policies are complex and. these are terms which most of us would not come across on a regular basis but the reason i want to discuss this terms is so that you understand these terms and these are the basic features that a company or a insurance company is providing you and becomes a good point of comparison between two insurance companies to which company is providing you a better feature or better services in terms of what they are offering in their policy so one very common term is pre existing diseases as the definition says as the name says pre existing diseases are the diseases that are already diagnosed before taking an insurance policies so there are some companies who might give you a 2 year relaxation and they will cover the pre existing disease after 2 years and there are some companies who are ready to cover a pre existing immediately as you buy the policy provided you pay some extra premiums so this is one good comparison that you can have between two policies when you are choosing one as to what is the clause for pre existing disease second is co payment 
को पेमेंट इज अ कंपल्सरी पेमेंट दैट इन शॉर्ट पर्सन हैज टू पे वेन देर इज अ क्लेम सो दीज को पेमेंट आर जनरली इन टर्म्स ऑफ परसेंटेजेस सो सपोज इफ देर इज अ क्लॉज ऑफ टेन परसेंट को पेमेंट दैट मीन एवरी टाइम देर इज अ क्लेम टेन परसेंट विल हैव टू बी पेड बाय द इंश्योर्ड एंड ओनली नाइनटी परसेंट विल बी पेड बाय द इंश्योरेंस कंपनी सो यू टू अंडरस्टैंड दैट वेन यू बाय अ पॉलिसी देर शुड बी नो को पेमेंट क्लॉज थर्ड इज अ कंपल्सरी डिडक्टेबल सो वॉट डिडक्टेबल मीन समथिंग लाइक को पेमेंट वेर सम पार्ट ऑफ मनी इज पेड बाय द इंश्योर्ड एंड बैलेंस इज पेड बाय द इंश्योरेंस कंपनी डिडक्टेबल इज इन फॉर्म ऑफ नॉट अ परसेंटेज लाइक को पेमेंट बट इज अ फिक्सड अमाउंट सो सपोज देर इज अ डिडक्टेबल ऑफ फाइव थाउजेंड रुपीज दट मीन द फर्स्ट फाइव थाउजेंड रुपीज हेज ऑलवेज टू बी पेड बाय द इंश्योर्ड सो इवन इफ देर इज अ क्लेम ऑफ टेन थाउजेंड रुपीज फाइव थाउजेंड विल बी पेड बाय द इंश्योर्ड एंड इन द बैलेंस फाइव थाउजेंड विल बी पेड बाय द इंश्योरेंस कंपनी सो अगेन यू टू सी दर इज नो डिडक्टेबल इन योर पॉलिसी फोर्थ इज क्यूमलेटिव बोनस सो दिस इज समथिंग विच इज प्रोवाइड एज अ बोनस इफ देर इज अ क्लेम फ्री इयर सो इफ यू आर नॉट क्लेमिंग और टेकिंग एनी क्लेम फ्रॉम द कंपनी then company gives you a cumulative bonus which gets added to the sum insured of your policy and in some cases companies give discount in the premium so you have to compare whether what companies are ready to give you the cumulative bonus some companies offer you 5% some even offer you 10% you also have to see what will happen to the bonus if there is a claim done in a year and fifth is grace period grace period is nothing but the additional period which is uh, given to a insured to pay their premium so if my insurance was due on the 15th of a particular month I might have a 15 day grace period so even if I delay my insurance premium renewal payment by 15 days I'll still be granted as the continuity benefit and I can pay my premium those 15 days of grace period and still continue my policy but we strongly advise not go for this grace period thing and immediately renew your policy as soon as it is due such important things and you've explained uh, them to us in such a simple lucid manner well done sorup what's your recommendation so understanding your insurance policy is absolutely essential we recommend every person to spend at least one to hours you know every year when you are renewing your policy and understanding what are these details what features you are getting from your policy talk to your financial advisor talk to your insurance distributor and understand these concepts in detail and your quotable quote for the day would be so it's a very simple quote from someone anonymous says insurance offers a man the only way where he can make his will before he has made his money <laughs> <laughs> will before money buddy i look forward to speaking with you one last time this week tomorrow before you go where can we reach you if you want to invest or we want some tips so you can put a mail to me my id is saurabh@cwa.co.in i'm also on twitter my handle is saurabhsmithal bye bye Fun Friday of talking finance with Saurabh Mittal, my finance expert, who comes in diligently Monday through Friday. What's up, Saurabh? I hope uh, you're all safe and healthy. All well, Vishy. Thank you so much. But there's a new rule for check payments, and this kicks in from the first of January, twenty twenty-one. And who better to handhold us through things that we need to know? And I believe there are five prime important things. That's true. So this is a new system which has been introduced by Reserve Bank of India. Basically, it's like a secondary system or an OTP for your check transaction, where a second layer of security is being laid. So under this new rule, first thing that you need to know is that you have to give in a reconfirmation of the key details of the checks that you have issued. So key details like the date of issuance, the amount, the name of the person to whom you are paying the check, and the check numbers have to be reconfirmed to the bank as you issue the check. The second thing is the mode of communication for providing these details. can be anything which is dependent on what services your bank is giving you it can be given by sms it can be given by a mobile app that is provided by a bank or even on your internet banking third thing to know is that this new system is applicable only for check payments beyond 50000 rupees 
So if the check is issued below fifty thousand rupees, you don't really need to bother, and you can just issue the check; it will get honored. But if the check is issued for more than fifty thousand rupees, then you will have to give the seal confirmation, without which the check will not be honored. Fourth thing is that while availing of this facility is at the discretion of the account holder, banks may consider to make it mandatory for checks for amount of five lakh rupees or more. So as of now, it is an optional feature which is given by the bank for the additional security. You might want to avail it, you might not want to avail it, but there are chances that on first of January would come to net that probably they have made it mandatory for amount five lakh or above, and uh, eventually they would make it mandatory for even fifty thousand rupees or more. And lastly, only those checks which are compliant with these above instructions will be accepted under dispute resolution mechanism. So if you have issued a check and you have not given this reconfirmation system, it's called a positive payment system. Then it will not be uh, accepted as a dispute if certain dispute arises in future. So what's your recommendation under the given circumstances? So we all know that the more security you need, it ultimately leads to some kind of inconvenience. So till the time you get used to it, this will temporarily increase the inconvenience, but it will definitely reduce the scope of any kind of uh, fraud that might happen with check payments. If you're still dealing with check, because a lot of people have stopped doing that, and a lot of them are using internet banking system, approach your bank and understand the process so that you are familiar with it, and you don't have to, you know, run pillar to post on first uh, of January. Fair enough. What's your quotable quote for the day, bud? So it's a quote from. Paula Pondstone says, "I don't have a bank account because I don't know my mother's maiden name." <laughs> <laughs> nice excuse. <laughs> Listen, uh, before you go, if you want to invest or you want some financial tips from you, where can we reach out? You can put a mail to me. My ID is Saurabh at cwa.co.in. I'm also on Twitter. My handle is Saurabh S Mittal. Listen, have yourself a wonderful weekend, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you on Monday. Bye. Definitely. Bye.